0: Welcome to Parenting in Queens. I am your host, Cecilia Falcon, and in every episode, I get to speak to incredible people that are honest about their parenting journey and why they choose to raise their children right here in Queens. Today's episode is the mom of three kids. Her name is T. Peterson. When we recorded this episode, she was pregnant with her third baby, and after we recorded, I got an email saying she was heading to the hospital. So I got pretty lucky to record just in time. In this conversation, we speak about expectations of motherhood, what motherhood has taught her so far. We listen to her marriage advice and self-care practices. My guest is also contributing to her community by opening House of Playful Soul, where children don't only play and interact with each other, but can also participate in various community projects from a young age. Finally, she's from Forest Hills, and she tells us why she loves that neighborhood so much. Now, time for an interview. Thank you for tuning in. Hi. Welcome. Thank you so much for participating in our podcast.
1: Thank you so much. So, We're excited to be a part of this.
0: My first question is, what did you expect motherhood would look like for you?
1: I love that question because I think, like most moms, you have a very different expectation than what it's going to be. Um, I know that before I had my first son, um, I was so sure that I would be a hands-off mom and be pushing independence. And, you know, when he came, I just remember being so fiercely protective of him. Um, and, you know, a lot of things that you think, you know you'll be like or or believe to be your parenting philosophy can sometimes shift and change as you also get to know your kids so that happened with uh, my oldest son quite a bit
0: on your about me page you say quote my kids have changed who I thought I was who I thought I wanted to be and who I now know I need to be for them end of quote can you expand on that a little further
1: So before I was a mom, I mean, so I actually, up until I was probably 31, 32, I really didn't expect to have kids. Um, I had lots of nieces and nephews and, you know, at the time I felt like they fulfilled me and they kind of filled that void. And, you know, I was sure that I was too selfish for children, um, because a lot of it was me and my husband. So I had the luxury of just doing what I wanted for Mm -hmm. myself, um, but, you know, when they say that 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 pang hits you, it really did. Like one day I just felt like I was ready, um, as crazy as that sounds. But, you know, having children really forced me to step out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, it forced me to reevaluate like who I was and who I wanted to be for him, um, the type of person, the type of example I wanted to be. Um, I was also you know, I think probably the biggest difference that I found was, um, I was primarily, you know, a loner type of person. Like I didn't require being around lots of people because I was like an introvert and I had a very like small group of friends. So I kept everything pretty small and tight within my circles. Um, and so when you have children, that's almost impossible to do, right? Like My older son, especially, is so social and he's so friendly. So everywhere we go, people would stop and want to talk to him. And, like, I just found myself, like, opening up and being more open to connections, um, which was surprising and has been so fulfilling um, in the same breath. Um, So just my ability to, like, you know step outside of my comfort zone and be a little bit more of an extroverting open i think is probably the biggest thing that has happened from having kids
0: that's great i know uh-huh. the um that is a challenge because i'm also like a, l- a loner and super introvert so but then you don't want your, t- your kids to you know to be like exactly. that <laughs> so that's exactly
1: great. he craved Social, so I felt like I had to be open to it, and I had to create these relationships. Like, so at first, these relationships were built on having playdates for him, and then what I found was they were as good for him as they were for me, right? Because I was building these friendships, I was getting to know these mom friends um, that proved to be, you know, so pivotal in my day. Like, as we kind of like supported um, each other.
0: And that's really good for, you know, for our own well-being, you know, because sometimes you're yeah. at home with like the little one and you're like, you want to go crazy.
1: I know. Sometimes the stories that you tell yourself in your head are crazy. So like having someone yeah. that you can share it with and that understands what you're going through, um, it makes a bigger difference than I actually thought and expected.
0: That's a nice um, surprise about motherhood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um. I know
0: motherhood sometimes also, I think most of the time, shows us the ability to do like certain things that we we thought we were incapable of. of. And I would call that superpowers. So what are some of your superpowers as a mom?
1: Probably the amount of uh, multitasking and management as a mom. And I'm sure nearly every mom can relate to this is incredible the amount of stuff that you can handle at, at any given moment um especially when you have more than one child kind of pulling um and needing you um i probably i think that's probably the biggest superpower is just being able to like manage it all get through the day um and if you can get through it with your sanity intact then it's been a huge win
0: <laughs> it's so true <laughs> Um, So I'm a little bit of a romantic, and if it's okay with you, um, would you tell me a little bit about your love story with your husband? How how did you guys meet?
1: Sure. And
0: how did it went?
1: Yeah, so uh, my husband and I met um, at our first jobs. Um, You know, I was fresh out of college. He had been at the company for a year, and we sat across the aisle from each other. Um, He was really, really sweet. Um, He certainly made his intentions known. Um, but I was so career focused and so ambitious. Like I was not interested in dating at the office. So, um, you know, I wasn't very open to him. Um, so it took about three years, um, and him leaving that company for us to actually, you know, start, dating when I became open to the possibility. Um, But the funny part about the story is that uh, there was a point in time where I want to say like maybe a year and a half of knowing him. I remember looking over at him across the aisle and thinking to myself, like, he would be a good husband. Like, it was a split second and I didn't give it any more thought than that. So it was just like a thought and then I moved on. And so, like, to look back and remember that I had that thought and, like, now we're married and ready to welcome our third is just, like, so wild to me.
0: How time flies. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. So, um, what were his qualities that made you think that?
1: He was just very thoughtful. Um, and he was a sweet guy. Um you know, I certainly was not an easy person to work with because I was trying to keep him at arm's distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he would bring snacks in and always offer them to me. Like he was always like, you know, checking in to see how I was doing. He would always try to include me and in like, you know, like outings with our coworkers. Like, you know, he just, he was always trying to, you know, make things accessible for me. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, I was like more of a introvert so I wasn't right. really putting myself out there um but like he got me involved in like the company's soccer team and the volleyball team and you know he just always made sure that I was included um, which was really sweet but like I said at that time I was just like you know <laughs> trying to without having to say it directly trying to make sure he understood that like that was not a road I was ready to walk down <laughs>
0: But it's so sweet that he waited like almost like three years for you to. Yeah. And I I mean,
1: when I say like he saw the good, the bad and the ugly, like I definitely was ugly to him sometimes. Like I was not always nice. Um, And he kind of just took it in stride.
0: And how long have you been married now?
1: (laughs) We've been married for nine years now.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And now that you guys pretty much, like, know each other really well, do you have any, like, practices Uh as a marriage, like, to keep it strong and going?
1: So, um, you know, I think with most marriages, there's ups and downs, and we've certainly had our ups and downs, I think. One thing that we did um, right after we got married was um, we were having trouble communicating with each other and we saw a therapist. And I think that alone kind of allowed us to open up and hear each other for the first time in terms of what each other needed. Um, that kind of set foundationally, um, you know, a much stronger level of communication between the two of us. Um, and then, you know, we set. Uh, date night every month. So I know some couples do it every week and I honestly don't know how they do it. (laughs) But so we try to do it like once a month. So it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but it's just time that we dedicate to each other. Um, And then this past year, we actually, um, my husband got this book called The Year of Us. So this book is a question every day that you each answer And it's a way for you guys to connect with each other outside the confines of your daily life of dealing with, like, kids and house and work. Um, Because I think sometimes it's easy to get into the rut of, you know, doing what's necessary, talking about what's necessary and kind of being, like, two ships in the wind. Um, But, you know, the book asks questions that that you would never even contemplate. (laughs) Um, So it's, like, you know, some of the questions are very... Um, probing. So it's gotten us to even get to know certain parts of each other a little bit better. Um, and some of the questions are just fun. Um, so it's it's been a nice break um, to be able to do that. Yeah. And it's something that we can do each day.
0: Oh, wow. I'm going to look it up <laughs> for sure. Now that you um, are doing that and you guys have a better communication I think that's the most important thing in the marriage because because sometimes with especially when you're raising little ones like that communication gets lost and then you build yeah. a lot of resentment like he was supposed to do that. He didn't right. do it. I know that. So that's great that you guys saw that and then reached out for help and continue to do this. So what are the the things that you have learned from him now that he's a father?
1: Um, my husband is an amazing father. Um, He cares so much about being present and being with the kids and spending meaningful time with them. He also, you know, has shown great dedication in um, acknowledging like how much um, that I do. And I think moms just kind of do innately. um, Right. There are just certain things that like we tend to take care of without being asked. Um, so he acknowledges that and, you know, he's definitely gone out of his way, especially during this pregnancy to find ways to make my days easier, um, and be more supportive, um, at home and with the kids. Um, but you know, from him, we're, we're so different, um, which is what makes us work so well together. Um, you know, like I'm definitely a little bit more uptight and type A, um, And, you know, very straightforward. So he has grown to be some of that. And he's much more diplomatic and laid back. And he's got this, like, you know, positive energy that I've really learned to pull from. Um, So, I mean, from him, I've learned a lot about how to connect with people. Because he's much better at it than I am. Um, So you know, I think that between the two of us, the kids have a really nice balance.
0: Yeah, we see that. That's amazing. So you mentioned that you were in the corporate world and now you're starting your own business. What was the transition like from the corporate world to becoming your own boss?
1: So I will say that I've been very fortunate, um, you know, because in my corporate job, um, I am not moving into opening my own business because I was unhappy um, and unfulfilled in my job. I actually really love my job. I love my boss. I love the work that I do. I love the clients that I have. Um, The business just kind of happened organically and it became just a different passion point um, that I had. And when I first decided to, you know, move forward with the business, I really felt like I had to choose between my corporate job and the business, right? Because how can you possibly do both and do both well? Um, But with the support of my boss, um, we're going to try to work it out. So, you know, my job is somewhat flexible, so I can also work from the business where I need to and manage my schedule um, for my client meetings and such. Um, But I will say that through all of it without having a job that's flexible and a boss that's super understanding and supportive, um, without the, you know, the presence of my husband and the support that he gives. We also get help from my mother-in-law and we have a nanny. Um, there's no way that I think I could even fathom being able to take on, um, starting a new business without that level of support. So I'm super, super fortunate um, to be able to lean on so many people to kind of help, you know, both at home, at work and within the business.
0: So you're still working.
1: <laughs> I'm still working.
0: I'm still working. <laughs> that's crazy. So when this baby comes, that is that like your deadline? That's when you're done with, with, the, with your job?
1: No. So when the baby comes, I'll be on maternity leave. And then, um, you know, I plan on going back to work and also managing the business.
0: Okay. So I wish you the best.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I know everyone looks at me like I'm crazy. Um, But honestly, I really believe that it comes down to hiring the right staff. So if I have staff that I trust... Um, and they're capable, like, there's no reason why I can't manage the business from afar. Um, I'll still be very present. Um, but you know, a business should not rely on me being there all the time to be successful. Um, and because we are community and service based, um, you know, I'm certainly not the only person that's capable of delivering that to our guests.
0: Okay. That's great. So what are you most excited about this new venture?
1: Honestly, all of it. Like, I just I feel like I've been ruminating on this for so long. And, you know, we got the space back in July um, and it's been a little bit of a whirlwind um, since then, trying to get everything like built out and prepared. But I'm excited for the space to be done. I'm excited to unveil it to the community. I'm excited to invite people in um, and hear what they think and their feedback. Um, We really do hope that we're offering something a little bit more unique um, than what's available out there right now.
0: So tell me what, what it is, because I know what it is, but probably the listeners don't know. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the business is called House of Playful Soul. We're an indoor children's learning and development playhouse. So, you know, think about an indoor playground. Um, but you know, when I started down this road, you know, there were lots of indoor playgrounds opening in around New York city and Queens. Right. So for me, it really wasn't fulfilling just to open up a play space. Um, I really wanted to do something a little bit more meaningful. Um, and basically, it, the play space became a conduit for me to deliver on a pain point that I had been feeling, um, which was when my older son was two, we wanted to really involve him more in community service, <clears throat> right? So, you know, because it's great to donate and give back, but I wanted him to actually be involved in something, to actually do something tangible, Um, But because of his age, there were so many limitations. There was really very little we could do with him. Um, And I get it. There's like, you know, liability stuff, but it became really disappointing and frustrating that there wasn't more available, right? Like, you know, kids are born altruistic. So, you know, if we don't have the ability to help nurture that, um, beyond, you know, what we can do at home, you know, it's just, it it was hard. So, you know, we decided that we wanted House of Playful Soul to be a conduit for that, um, and really focus on cultivation, connection, and community. So being a place to cultivate learning and development for children, connections between, you know, families and and parents with their children, as well as giving back to our communities. So giving families a way to, or providing families a way to give back both actively and passively, right? So we could hold seasonal events where we would have um, family-friendly, service-based activities um, that they could share in the joys of giving together. Um, or, you know, we have this other program that we're going to implement called Give Back First. So on the first of each month, <clears throat> we're going to donate a portion of that day's net profit to a charity chosen by the community. So parents can be active or they can be passive, but it's a way for them to give back in doing something that they would be doing anyway, which is spending time with their kids and, you know, finding activities for them. That's
0: great. So the, you want to have a, an impact on the community, just not just a business. Yeah. That's so nice. I I, I completely understand about the being ser- being in service and teaching young kids because my you uh-huh. know, my son is also three and like I want him to participate in something and there's yeah. really nothing around. But um you know we have to get creative but it would be great like to have like a center, like a meeting area where we can all be of service. So th- yeah. I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Thank you. And, like, the feedback that we've gotten from families has been so positive. So it's been very encouraging. We had, like, a couple of pop-up events. Um, Like, we did our community street fair um, back in June where we did capes for kids. So this was where we had the kids make superhero capes, superhero masks, or write inspiration cards um, that are given to children living in homeless shelters as a way to inspire and give them hope. And I remember, like... The kids were very, like, they didn't even flinch when I told them they were not making it for themselves they were making it for other children. There were a few parents that weren't sure if their children would be okay with walking away from their creation, but the children were surprisingly just so generous and open and, you know, receiving of the idea that they were helping another child. So it became, it was really, really like a beautiful experience. Yeah,
0: sounds really nice. Um. So tell me a little bit about your neighborhood. It is in Forest Hills. Why do you think it's a good place to raise kids?
1: So we chose Forest Hills. We have been there, it'll be five years, um, coming this spring. But we chose Forest Hills because it's a beautiful neighborhood. Um, it gives us that balance of, you know, being feeling like you're part of the city, but also having these little pockets of, you know, suburban life, um, because it's very neighborhoody. y um, Like, if you've ever been through the Forest Hills Gardens, it's just so beautiful. There's, like, trees that are hundreds of years old, so there's all this beautiful shade. The houses the architecture um, are all kept um, really nice, so you almost feel like you're walking through... Europe in some cases, like some of the houses are like castles, um, which like, you know, our kids get a kick out of. Um, but additionally, um, Forest Hills has some of the best school districts for elementary. Um, so that was like the other factor. And then lastly, the convenience to the city, since at the time, both my husband and well, both my husband and I do work in the city. So Forest Hills has a lot of transportation options, um, which we liked. Like we didn't want to be stuck just living by the Long Island Railroad. Um, you know, here we could take the subway, we could take the bus. So there were at least other options available. Um, for some reason, being tied to the long island railroad schedule gave my husband a panic attack
0: (laughs) (laughs) so true um so now and a little bit more personal um side again do you have any self-care practices and and what are they uh what do you mean is there anything like that you do like do you journal meditate do you walk um, anything that like you think, you, you know, your, your tank is running low and you're like, oh, no, I have to do this for myself.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I think for me, um, working out has been okay. probably the biggest thing that I do for myself. Um, we got a Peloton back in June. So throughout the pregnancy, I've been using the Peloton. Um, it's like my time that makes me kind of feel like normal even as my body changes so rapidly. Um, But it's just like, you know, it's just nice to get on the bike and, you know, be able to, like, not think about everything else that I have going on. So it's my moment to, like, you know, just sweat it out. I always feel, well, almost always feel really good afterwards. Um, And then the other thing I started doing recently was I started an intention journal. So I will say that it started very consistent and, um, it has grown a little bit less consistent, but the intention journal actually has made an impact, um, on how I go about my days. Um, so I got the idea from, um, uh, I'm forgetting her name now, um, from the rise Mm -hmm. podcast And, um, in it, I go, I start with talking about the five things that I appreciate most from the day before. So the point of that is that you go about your day looking for things to be grateful for. So when you look for things to be grateful for, it just changes your mindset and how you think about the day and how you think about the things that are happening. Um, and then you go through, and then I go through this, the three things that I'm gonna do that day. So like what will I let go of? What will I aim to do? Um and one big goal that I have. Um, and then the last part of it is to write down your ten big dreams. And those big dreams are supposed to be the same every day. Right? So these are things that you're working towards like long term. So like for me, You know, my first one is like, be an exceptional wife. Second is like, be an exceptional mom. And like, it's one of those things where like, you know, when you have to do it every day and write it, you're so aware of how you're falling short. Right. Okay. So like, and I said to my husband, once I like, after like a week of doing it, I said to my husband, I was like, I know I'm not an exceptional wife and I know I could be better. And the things that like I go out of my way to do for the kids, I'm not going out of my way to do for you, such as like sharing in their interests. Right. Like okay. I'm making a point like I don't care about Pokemon, <laughs> but my, but my five year old is super obsessed with them. So I find a way that we can share it together that we both enjoy. OK. With my husband, he's super into music and I've always been very dismissive of it. And so I said to him, I was like, what I, you know, what I need to do is find a way to share in your love of music that I also enjoy um, in a genuine way. So, you know, things like that, like, it's just like helping me kind of like see things and want to address things throughout my day differently. Um, And he's actually said that he's noticed a difference um, wow. so like when you can't hide from it and ignore these things that like you want to do long term, cause you're writing them down every day. It's just like, you know, you, you're holding yourself accountable.
0: And has it made a difference in your life? Like, you know, like it has made a difference in other people's life. Has it made a difference in, in yours?
1: I feel it too. Like even with the kids, like, you know, like I know what, who I want to be, to be an exceptional mom. I'm not there yet um but you know kind of working towards it each day and creating those habits um so that I can be the mom that I want to be and I think that you know would benefit the kids most um you know I I definitely feel the difference which is why I value it and I want to continue doing it
0: and what what does it look like for you Like, to be that exceptional woman or person. Like, what are those some some of those qualities?
1: Well, I want to be able to create an environment that is safe for my kids. Um, You know, that they could come to me without fear that, you know, I'm going to react or judge them. Um, I want them to feel like they have freedom and space to grow into who they're intended to be, right? Like, you know... My hope for them is that they grow up to be happy and kind, you know, everything else will work itself out. Like, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't, I want my, my son to do well in school, but I don't think that's the most important thing. Like, I think there are other areas that I can help him um, to be successful in life that is not solely revolved around academics, for example.
0: And was that push on?
1: onto you when you were a kid no my mom honestly she was like working she immigrated here from Vietnam in 1980 and she worked like three jobs and she just you know she didn't finish more than an eighth grade education um oh, okay. she was like one of 12 kids and you know she had a lot of responsibility because she was the second oldest Um, so she never pushed school, but I was very motivated in school. So like I pushed myself. Um, but that's kind of like, you know, where I'm approaching it. It's like, you know, if it's important to them, then I'll encourage it. But I don't want to push them into areas that are unnatural for them.
0: That's so interesting. You would think that, you know, because you have the opportunity then she would be Push it on to you. But I guess the best example that she gave you is that she gave you the space to be yourself.
1: You know, for my mom, I just saw her work so hard and take care of so many people. Um, you know, she... Yeah, school was not really like her focus. And I think part of that was because I was like I was so structured and I really love routine and I really love school and she never had to worry about me doing my homework or anything like that. And, and, you know, I have a brother who's 11 months younger than me. So like, I would always like, we would do our homework together. So it was, it was easier for her because I was there kind of like managing it. Um, so I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it was not important to her or she just didn't have time for it, but it kind of became like my thing. Um, where she was just, you know, she was grinding it out. She was trying to earn money and support us, um, you know, because she was a single mom. Wow. Um, Immigrated here from a foreign country and trying to, like, do it all on her own.
0: And how many kids does she have? Four. Four, wow. And you think how she did it, right?
1: Totally. I'm just like, (laughs) now that I'm, like, having a third, I'm like, you had four?
0: (laughs) You went for another one after everything? (laughs) It's so sweet how, like, motherhood does connect us to our own mothers and, like, we understand so many things. Absolutely. Um, Would you tell the listeners where to find you on, like, on social media and, I don't know, your website about, you know, when it will be opening?
1: Yeah, so we expect to be open in um, early 2020. Um, You can find more information at www.houseofplayfulsoul.com. Um, And our Facebook and Instagram handles are the same, House of Playful Soul. So we hope to meet lots of new families in the community. um, And we can't can't wait to invite everyone to come play with us.
0: I'm so excited for it (laughs) because I live very close.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for you, Tom.
0: Thank you so much for making the time. It was really nice talking to you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: My biggest takeaway from this episode is that when you open yourself up to different circumstances, your life changes for the better. My guest, T. Peterson, was not looking to have a relationship, but eventually she said yes to her now husband. She didn't think that she wanted kids, and now she has three. She loves corporate world, and now she's embarking on her first entrepreneur journey. Now, I would love to hear from you. What was your takeaway from this episode? Please share it on your Instagram stories and be sure to tag at Parenting in Queens. Now, let me leave you with a sneak peek of our next
2: episode. Thank you so much for listening. My plan was not to like scale it to 100 plus people. My plan was really to say, I think that I have enough angry friends who feel very helpless and would like to do something tangible that among us as a community, we could raise the money to pay this person's bond and get her back to her kids. And that was really like the extent of the idea, sort of. The other piece of it was I did understand very early on because of my background in social work that it wasn't just about paying for her to get out of detention and getting her back with her kids because what do you do then? Like you're a mom in New York in a place and in a language that's not familiar to you how do you establish and build a life for yourself as you're going through the asylum seeking process in the age of Trump, right? Like that's like 20 horrible to cope with things right there. And I thought the commitment that I wanted my friends to make wasn't just monetary, it was also to say, we're making a commitment to you as a community that we will be here for you and support you through this process.